Welcome to the Land of Etheria. Season 1, The Shattering. Episode 49, The Final Keeper. Once upon a time, in the land of Etheria, there was a Princess Nea and a Princess Lulu, and they went on the most amazing adventures. They had just rescued the Elf Grotto from becoming a frozen wasteland. In the process, they rescued a bunch of friends, a messenger, and one of the temple protectors, who all needed to make their way back to the dwarf mining camp. On the journey over to the camp, Nea and Lulu were traveling with their usual company, Corin and Finn, but had also run into a bunch of other heroes along the way. Darius, for starters, who was eager to find the keeper of the other Devorian crystal. They had run into him while helping Ellery salvage a wedding. They had also rescued Ola, Paul, and Wall, who needed to get the explosive Kalagtrite to the dwarf troops to help them make explosives. Oh yeah, and there was Becca, a very important dwarf who needed to share an important message about an impending attack with Ruby, the dwarf chief. She also found herself traveling with one of the fairy protectors who also needed to make her way to the tranquil ruins. It wasn't long before they all made it to the outskirts of the camp. As soon as they got close, they could hear the rumbling of hundreds of soldiers who were talking and preparing for battle. All around the dwarf mining camp, dwarves and soldiers were preparing for battle. It looks like they're already preparing for an attack, Darius noticed. As they all stood on a small bluff above the mining camp, they could see that all around them, new tents had sprung up with more soldiers. Yeah, agreed Ola. We better hurry and get this collagtrite to the right people. The party walked down to the main camp and made their way to the dwarf chief's tent. Inside, they saw the shadow man, Prince William, Prince Clef, and other warriors that had shown up in some of their other travels. When they walked in, the discussion came to a halt, as everyone looked over at the heroes who had just entered the room. Princess Nea and Lulu of Sparland, along with Ola of Ubin and Prince Paul of Cedar Landing, had all made quite a name for themselves, not to mention Corin of Evermore. Finn of Neverstone Deep, and Darius, son of Simon. To have seven of the ten keepers enter a planning session at one time was cause for any strategy meeting to take notice. They quickly explained why and how they all found themselves gathered at the dwarf mining camp. As each one told their story, it became clear that both Ryla and Tuck had been orchestrating each of the keepers there to the dwarf mining camp for different reasons, but all at the same time. Ola, Paul, and Wall quickly headed off with a handful of dwarfs and soldiers to figure out how they could use the Kalagtrite from under the elf grotto to create explosives to help protect against the attack. As soon as the dwarf chief Ruby heard that there was a special message from Becca, she called her forward and the dwarf handed her a sealed scroll. This message is for you, from Tuck 
said the dwarf, bowing in front of her, to read in confidence. I have another message from Ryla for the giant named Drathos. Becca also had an invisible fairy named Talia that also needed to find Drathos so the two of them could protect the tranquil temple. Of course, Becca of Darmida, the chief said. Thank you. I will be sure to read this safely, but Drathos is not here. He has traveled to the Frost Caves with the inventor Hickory and a very curious elf named Hazel. The giants, like us, are preparing as well. Thank you, Ruby of Wolf moaned. I think it best for me to head out immediately to the Frost Caves and give him this message myself, she said, then excused herself. Nea and Lulu had both been paying attention to what Tuck had told Finn and Corin. The last keeper they were looking for was traveling to the dwarf mines with the protector. Because of this, they suspected that Becca might just be the last crystal keeper they were looking for, since she was traveling with a special fairy. And they knew that fairies were protectors along with giants. And if Hazel was back at the frost caves, then they could finally bring the last keeper to the last crystal. Excuse me, Becca, Nea said, walking over to the dwarf. Would you mind if we accompanied you? Why, of course not, Becca replied. That sounds wise, agreed the shadow man. Corn of Forevermore and Finn of Neverstone Deep, might you both stay here in case we need help with these ogres? The shadow man was referring to the fact that their powerful crystals could provide protection against the ogres if needed. Corn and Finn both nodded eagerly. They had both grown confident with their crystals and their ability to use them together if needed. Knowing that the other two Aquarian Crystal Keepers, Ola and Paul, were there too, excited them. Maybe they'd have a chance to all use them together. So Becca, Talia, Nea, Lulu, and Darius agreed to travel together back to the Frost Caves. It was a short trip. The princesses had come a long way since their first visit to the caves so long ago. It felt like years since they saw the unforgettable rainbow shatter in the sky. So long ago since they agreed to help Tuck find that very first blue crystal deep within the caves. As they made their way into the cave, using the old map they got from the dwarves to navigate, they came across the oasis and decided to take a break. To their surprise, moments after they sat down, they heard footsteps and arguing coming from an adjacent cave. The voices came closer, and they quickly recognized them. Princess Blue? yelled Nea. Nea! replied the undersea princess. What are you guys doing here? We have to bring a message to the giants. And she introduced Becca and Talia to Blue and the dwarf triplets. What are you doing here? she asked Blue. We've been trying to meet back up with Ola and Wall to find the last temple. But we keep getting sidetracked. This time, we had to travel down to Mount Boulderhorn to retrieve this amber-shaped heart for the giants. She pulled out of her pocket a heart-shaped piece of amber stone. It's said to unlock the final temple, Jacob added. No surprise here, Nea said. It seems like everyone was finding themselves on adventures and winding their way back again here. 
Before she could say more, the earth began to quake and rumble, shaking the whole cave. Oh no! An earthquake! Lulu exclaimed. They all scrambled to stay standing as the walls shook and the cave ceiling started to give way. Without missing a beat, Blue and the three dwarves pulled out their crystals. The two terrain crystals began to float in the air and spin around each other. They then cast a bright green and brown light over the cave, calming the earthquake. Unfortunately, it wasn't able to stop the rock slide from blocking the cave to the frost giant's quarters. Now the adventurers had no way of using the cave to get there. How are we going to get to the frost giant cave now? Lulu said, a little defeated. Do you stop the map? asked Elefania. There's another way, but we'll need to be clever. It's across a large, frigid river. Maybe Blue can use her scale to swim across. Blue glared at the dwarf, and Becca laughed at the joke. The adventurers had no other real choice. They began hiking down the other cave until they came across a large underground river, which was, in fact, frigid. On the other side of it, there was a lever holding up the bridge. They would just need to get to the other side and pull the lever to release the bridge. The problem was that the river was not only frigid, but rushed downstream and over a large waterfall, and then into a fully submerged cave. Anyone who stepped foot in it would be dragged down over the waterfall and then sucked into the cave, never to be seen again. I'm not sure that's going to work, Blue said mildly. Yeah, not so much, Becca agreed. Oh, come on. What's a little stream going to do? replied Jacob. Swallow you up into a harsh, torturous death, Becca replied humorously. Jacob took notice that this dwarf was quick. Maybe me and the fairies could fly over, Nia offered. Yeah, that's a pretty big lever, Talia agreed. There was no way that she could move it herself. Nea pulled out her Skyravian feather and held it close to her chest. Her wings slowly grew. Then the three of them flew over the raging river and to the other side. Nea then walked over to the lever and pulled it down, releasing the bridge. The group walked over safely to the Great Hall on the other side of Nabor's cave. When they got there, they found themselves walking in on another important gathering this one of the giants. In the room with the giants were Hickory, the inventor, and Hazel, the tricky elf. They were still waiting for one more giant to arrive, Rakta from the Sky Kingdom. Good day, giants, Becca said. She clearly had some familiarity with the giants. I bear a message from Ryla for Drathos and have brought Talia of Cottondale. Talia, hearing that Becca was saying, translated for the giants, for the giants spoke a totally different language, and only fairies could translate. But that was most giants. A few giants, like Carmen, could speak the common tongue. Snagglefargus Magadarok, Mo? Quaba Snapple Flap Zerp? Talia said. The giants then made room for Becca as she slowly walked towards Drathos and Hazel with Talia. 
as she did, Nea and Lulu paid special attention. They wanted to see if Becca was a keeper and would make the last crystal, the black Devorian crystal, glow. Do you have the crystal? They asked Hazel. Hazel nodded. But as the dwarf got closer, nothing happened with the black crystal. At least not that they could tell. It didn't glow. It didn't get brighter. Maybe Becca wasn't the keeper. I could have sworn, said Nea. Yeah, me too, agreed Lulu. Just as they were about to lose hope, the lights in the cave went out, and the cave grew very dark. What's going on? asked Lulu. I'll relight the candles with some fire, Nea offered. Wait, Darius said, look. Slowly, the black crystal began to grow brighter and brighter as two figures emerged from another cave entrance in the back. It was Rakta, the wind giant, and Princess Arya of New Halewisp. It's Arya, Nea yelled. Before Arya knew what was happening, Nea ran up to her. Arya, you're the last crystal keeper. I am? She said, a little confused. How can you be sure? Well, let's make sure. Hazel, will you bring it closer to Arya? Hazel walked over to Arya, and the closer she got to Arya, the stronger the black crystal glowed, until it had almost engulfed the room in a deep, dark shadow. And that's how they stumbled upon the last and final crystal keeper. The end. The Land of Etheria is produced by a father-daughter team and made possible in part to its supporting fans. It's contributions from fans like you that keep the adventure going. If you enjoy The Land of Etheria and would like to see more episodes, please visit us at www.thelandofetheria.com and consider supporting the podcast. Thank you and have a great night.